Welcome to Entertain Gents, to our proper episode one of our podcast. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Brendan. Hello, Connor. How do you do? Doing all right. How are you doing? Pretty good. We did our uh, our, our, our test drive of the Terminator episode mm-hmm. about eight months ago now. It was like yeah. September, maybe it was August, I think. But we're, we have a new format here. We're on camera. We have some production value, and we're going to be doing A Quiet Place, part one. Yeah, I know we we kept kind of trying to do more of like the singular podcast stuff, and it just never kind of worked out with either of our schedules, or we had one that we filmed, and it just wasn't to like to both of our liking, the subject matter wasn't really that great, and so I think it it was good. We waited and hold it up, held it off a little bit longer, so that way we could kind of do it the way that we wanted to do it. And as much as recording over Discord worked, this is obviously much better to be able to actually talk face to face and uh, not have that that latency and such between mm-hmm. us. So this is for sure better. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to start off with talking about just the general story, sure, and sort of like. I guess what what were some of the biggest things that you kind of appreciate just about the general overall story and maybe some of the things that the movie brings that you haven't seen in like other horror movie types? Well, obviously the the hook is just, you know, you can't make sound. Sound is the enemy. And um, that's definitely what drew me in. Um, I don't even remember first seeing the first trailer, but I know that I was like, oh, that's a cool reference. Oh, it's John Grzynski. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So it was just kind of like a mixture of both of those things where I was like, that seems like a cool idea. I, I like who's involved. So I, I didn't really expect much from it, but um, yeah, it was definitely, so it was, it, was, it was for sure something that grabbed my interest. Yeah. I actually remember, I don't, I don't remember if it was the second or third trailer, but I do remember the very first trailer was like very ominous like it was just kind of it's the tub scene so like it shows like the lights kind of like flashing and flickering a lot and it kind of just reminded me of um like stranger things at first i kind of just thought it was going to be playing off of that trope and i really do think the premise overall kind of has the most like creative thing about it the kind of like the breath of fresh air type to that movie like that's yeah. the biggest thing that it kind of innovates that's um because that, i mean even you have movies like bird box and yeah, stuff that was like actually. made like within like a year later that, that is just the same spawned. yeah it's like spawn is like a subgenre almost because there was also the netflix movie the silence i don't know if you saw that mm-hmm. it's, it's the exact same thing where there's just like there are these birds that were unearthed from a cave um and they hunt with sound too it's the exact same thing just yeah. with birds, not those monsters. Because I think it's been a while. I've only saw it once, but Bird Box's premise was just that you couldn't look at them, right? Yeah. But it still was kind of like, just kind of felt like the same vibe. Yeah, it, it definitely tried to do something different. It, ha- it had Zendra Bullock, so like, it, like they did have effort behind that. That wasn't just a copycat. But yeah, that, that, that was the one where you couldn't look at them or they will cause you to commit suicide. Yeah. It definitely, Which I think it's more terrifying, but yeah, it's not as good of a movie for sure. I I think it was just Netflix was in that state still where like they were trying to figure out how to make good content. Like, yeah, I definitely think they they've 
made some really different movies and they've made some really good movies. Like when I see like a good cast and it's a Netflix movie, I'm typically excited to see it. I remember that was kind of, I was really excited to see uh, Devil All the Time. Um, yeah. You know, it had Robert Pattinson and uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. And so, like, for that, that was kind of interesting for me to see, like, Netflix doing a movie with some more newer actors. You know, they both have been around for a little bit. They've both been in bitter, excuse me, bigger budget movies, but they hadn't really done more besides that. I know mm-hmm. um, Robert Pattinson had done more of those indie movies. He did The Lighthouse, which obviously was a big hit. Um, you know, he did uh, Good Time and uh, All right. it's high, high Life. That's what it's called. Um it was definitely cool to see him take on more of like a different role being the bad guy too in that movie. Um, so Netflix definitely has been getting better at it, but, um, yeah. before we get too sidetracked, I kind of want to bring it back cause I didn't ask the initial question that we had been planning to ask. What have you been watching lately? What have you been playing? Oh boy. So I've actually kind of been editing a lot. Um, I watched that new superhero show on Netflix, Jupiter's Legacy. It's yeah. Not, not very good. Really? Uh, uh, it's okay. I don't recommend watching it. Um, I haven't been playing too much because of like Valorant. There's not much to talk about there. Who are you? I've been re-watching The Witcher because I'm really excited for season two to come out. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch it before I had played the uh, game too the first mm-hmm. time. So now that I've played the game rewatching it i have a lot more like appreciation for it definitely and then um i got mass effect and i will be playing through that soon but yes that's gonna um, be yeah yeah and resident evil 2 which actually surprised me is actually a little bit more fun than i was thinking i was gonna get from it so it's a nice little surprise but uh i was gonna say it's kind of funny that jupiter legacy show i kind of was thinking about like what you were saying about the bird box and quiet place and how like it kind of started its own subgenre. I really feel like since the boys came out, that's yeah. kind of like what falls under that. Like you have Invincible, you have the boys, kind of like and you the have a uh, different take on the superhero genre. Yeah, I kind of feel like what started it actually too was that um, movie that James Gunn produced. Um, Sucker Punch. <laughs> no. The uh, one where it's like Superman, but if Superman was evil. Brightburn. Brightburn. Yeah, that's it. I feel like I've been seeing a lot of more stuff, even if it's like more like indie or more like smaller scale. That's I know there's another like uh, Amazon Prime movie that came out that was like within a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And it was something that was kind of similar to that premise. That's the good part of the oversaturation of the Marvel and DC movies is people are being forced to approach this genre in a different way. And we get stuff like, I mean, The Boys was a comic book long before it was the show but the boys coming out really did jumpstart the different approach to superheroes yeah i definitely think um this is kind of a good segue into the actual movie itself because i know before this we were kind of talking about uh quiet place and i really do think the biggest thing that a quiet place brings is more of an experience than more of like a cinematic story how many other times you viewed the movie? I don't know how many times you saw it. I'm assuming probably a couple of times at least. Yeah, I think I've only seen it twice, the first movie. Okay. What would you take out of that experience that you think is like a lot different than most of the other movies that you've seen that are like that? I mean, the fact that when you go to the theater, 
you go in there with your drink and maybe your popcorn. But once the movie started, you're like, I don't want to eat. I don't want to make chewing sounds. Because this movie has you so much on the edge of your seat and so anxious, hoping that they on the screen don't make a sound. It makes you also not want to make a sound. And it's that weird thing where, like, I would get stressed out just hearing someone else in the movies, like, cough or chew. I'd be like, stop, stop, stop. They're going to get us. Stop. And I actually read, actually, uh, right before we recorded, that movies didn't like, uh, or the theaters didn't like this movie because uh, concession sales for this movie were lower because people who were seeing it again knew that they wouldn't want to bring food or drink in with them because they wouldn't want to eat or drink. Mm. Yeah, I think the sound design, I know you were also mentioning like how a lot of it was done like legitimately like the dice for the game that they're playing in the beginning is actual dice and stuff like that and i think it just really shows sort of the importance of audio like in a good movie and everything like it's not just about good story good visuals it is also a lot about the audio right and yeah, the crew. how ominous it can kind of make things and how yeah. scary it can bring that element in just with sound alone they went out of their way to be quiet on set so that they could get those genuine diegetic sounds from the props meaning like the actual things that were making the sounds on the set is what you hear in the movie mm-hmm. and not stuff that was put in in post and that really does add a lot like um the first spoken line of dialogue in this movie wasn't for 35 38 minutes in and i didn't think it was that long thinking about it just because it doesn't seem like you're missing the dialogue because there's still a lot as far as the sound design like you almost have better sound design because they don't talk which is weird yeah something kind of different i feel like this movie does is like um I know it's something in the past that me and you have talked about like with like alien movies or monster movies there's usually always that beginning part where it's like news headlines or like papers saying always the montage yeah Yeah, always a montage yeah and there's really not that for this it really just drops you right in it doesn't explain anything even down to the end it does not really explain what these things are where they've come from and i just think it is different in itself for doing that because you have so many alien movies so many different things that you can you know name whether good or bad and just kind of oversaturating that market like it's not as impressive to make a good alien movie because it's been done in the past yeah and it's much more easy to make a bad alien movie because so many different things have been done already like, so super like eight. yeah like even if you bad movie super eight's fine it's just mediocre yeah it's definitely the most mediocre thing J has ever done yeah there's a lot of alien movies now where it's like the et trope where it's like the kid finds an extraterrestrial of some kind that is their friend yeah, I think there's really only like two things with the alien kind of genre being like there's this thing, we can't kill it, we can't do anything to it until the very end, until we find its one weakness, and then we can kill it, which I guess is a little bit like what this movie does, but <laughs> I think that like we have our friends Hazen and Zion always have to complain about every single movie, and it's not bad to make an alien movie that has certain things in it. Just like it's not bad to this make a superhero movie. movie. It's because they come not from Earth, mm-hmm. which we learn eventually. Like, this isn't. It's not really about them. It's about 
the humans trying to just just live yeah like they have what they need in their house it's not even them trying to survive like they're just trying to find a way to live and and at the same time be completely silent yeah the way i would kind of like liken it to is like early days walking dead but i thought i thought the same thing where it's more about the people yeah yeah and that's even what john krasinski said in an interview i was watching was like he's like as weird as it sounds it's like a love letter to my daughter because the movie is so much about family and it's so much about protecting your kids in a certain situation where it's like even more difficult like a parent normally has that thought in their mind like how do i keep my child alive yeah now add the fact that there is some incredible force against you and making any sound you know could draw them in like it's a terrifying thought and i can imagine being a parent and seeing that movie being like a little bit more extra stressful because not only do you have the thought of like yourself that you're trying to watch out for now you have three other people you know for yeah the parents you have two to three other people you know they're preparing to have a third person trust myself to survive that situation yeah i I just think like like what if i have a a tickle in my throat and I have to cough just stuff as dumb as that will get you killed in that world yeah so I think for a good structure before I get into some of my complaints about the movie I feel like I want to set up like things that I liked and so I think you should go first on like what what things you really think are strongest about this movie like the plots story wise all that and then we can kind of maybe go over into some of our complaints about the movie like when you hear about this premise, you think that would be hard to live like that, to live in near complete silence. But then as you go through the film, you see different ways they've adapted like n- normal things that we do into this world, like how they're rolling the dice on the fabric. They even have different game pieces. Yeah, how the game pieces aren't plastic so, so that they don't click. How they have stuff in place for the birth of their future child with the fireworks. How they have those lights so that they can tell each other if something's wrong without making sound. They can make those lights go red mm-hmm. and just stuff like that. How they have those like little patches of sand to step so you don't make sound when you walk. There's all kinds of stuff like that through the movie that shows that they've been in this world for a while and they understand it and they've adapted to it pretty well, or at least the best that they can. Mm-hmm. I think like what we've talked about definitely with the innovation of like bringing in a lot more of that sound design mm-hmm. um, kind of being like a different thing. Like I know like there's obviously moments in movies where it's like they're trying to be super quiet and hide from the alien, but I don't alien or monster. I don't really think there's ever been a movie though where the whole thing is around sound and having to be as quiet as possible. And so I really like how you can see how haunted John Krasinski and Emily Blunt both are about, you know, losing their child, how they're bringing another child into the world that they're in now. Like there's obviously a lot of stress there. There's still a lot of tension between the family itself. Which is because, a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's still obviously a lot of tension between the family, like between especially John Krasinski and the daughter, you know, the dad and the daughter. And so I, I think it's just very real in that sense, especially because, you know, they can't talk. Obviously, all they can do is sign. And so I'd imagine that's just not as expressionate of a language to use. Mm-hmm. And so how tough it would be and how like things like that would really linger, especially, you know, the death of a loved one and, and they're possibly being blamed there towards other family members is like really realistic to me and really, um, I don't know, just kind of deep, I guess. 
So I really like that. It's very human. It's very, very new. Um, like you mentioned before, like it's like 35 or some minutes into the movie that the first line of dialogue is finally said, and it doesn't feel like that at all. No, there, It drops so much on your plate that you're like trying to take it all in. And I feel like the visuals, the way it's shot is like really um, engaging. You know, like they say a picture's worth a thousand words. Well, how many words are video worth at that point then? So like the shots, transitions, and the unique like shots. What's that? Like a million words. Could be a million words, definitely could. I don't know math, so I'm not going to try to add that up. Um, the unique shots go a long way, though. Definitely explaining things and definitely visual, like speaking through visuals um, is, I think, a strong point. Even not to uh, give our viewers too much of a uh, little spoiler, but for the uh, second movie, which we've already seen and we'll be doing an episode on, um, I think the two things that I love the most, which is the sound design and the visuals, I think have a big improvement in the second one, which I think is just really cool. And it's really yeah. cool to see definitely John Krasinski, like almost like level up in a lot of the things and know, like take feedback from people and then mm -hmm. implement that through. Yeah, Cause sure I have some like complaints about the first movie is this the first movie he's directed. No. So he, I don't know how many movies he directed. I know he did one called, um, I think it's called the hollers or where the hollers was that that not that long ago um kinda it's not really like i remember him being in a rom-com like shortly after the office ended i don't remember what it's called i don't i don't really know if you name it rom-com because it like <laughs> there's romance elements about it but it's mainly about his mom gets cancer and like, um, I don't know if she gets cancer, but she has like a tumor. So they have to operate and it's kind of just like in the worst part of his life because like he just doesn't have his life figured out yet. He's in a job that he doesn't want to be doing. He's not married to the girl that he like loves, but she's also pregnant with his kid. So like, um, but yeah, it, it, he, he directed and was in that movie. I don't know if he's directed anything else, but this is, I believe the first movie that he's direct directed and written. And, and I believe created. Started. Yeah. Well, he started in the first one. He yeah. didn't start. In, well, no, he starts in the second one too. Uh, he's in it. He's not. He, he's not a star. That's, a, that's future spoilers, though. Yeah. We don't. We don't do that here. He's in the trailer. I don't watch trailers, man. <laughs> no, I do. Um, yeah. So I think that's <clears throat> it for me for about what I I love about the movie. The acting is pretty good, but I mean, it's kind of hard to rate in actor on the performance Emily in that Blunt's movie really when, good yeah honestly. emily blunt is extraordinary because she acts so well without even having to have dialogue mm -hmm. i was gonna say it's kind of hard to judge someone's acting ability when there's no dialogue in a movie really i think but, she's the best in this movie not when she's in the tub that's good but when she steps on that nail on the stairs yep. like i like you you feel that with her and you're like don't scream don't scream don't scream don't mm -hmm. scream don't scream but when she is in the tub, that's, I mean, that's a good performance in itself, but I like the shot when she's there and you see that the monster's hand as it's going up the stairs. Yeah. I thought that was cool. They use that a lot in the promotional stuff, so they must have thought it was cool too. Yeah. I just think it's cool. You can definitely tell how much John Krasinski took ownership over this whole thing. I don't actually know for sure because I, 
I'm pretty sure he got the script, so I don't know if he created the idea. Yeah, the screenplay writers came to him and said, do you want to do this movie with us? Like, So mm-hmm. it's not his original idea, but he definitely put a lot into the, the development of the finished movie. Yeah, well, I know even like you were talking about like he's the motion cap. He's in the motion yeah. capture suit for the monster in the first one, which I think is kind of cool. Like it just shows that he really... That has to be like him saying that he wanted to do it. Like there's no way they couldn't find someone to come in and pretend to be the monster who actually like knew like someone not not Andy Serkis but someone like that who like yeah. specializes in in motion capture I think people just like it it's just kind of a funny thing I think because I mean, it's yeah, like if, uh, if you told me do you want to dress up in this suit and pretend <laughs> to be this monster I'd be like oh yeah yeah well I mean there's like the um, like the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, James Gunn's cousin Sean Gunn yeah because he's like in those movies as uh, the like co-captain to What's Yandu. What's his name? I don't know what it is in Guardians. I know his name is Sean Gunn. He has a name. I knew it. But he's he's the motion capture guy for Rocket too. He, he's also the big mouse in uh, the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Well, because he has uh, he always has Nathan Fillion. He always has Michael Rooker, which is Yandu and uh sean gunn in each one of his movies even if they're in a cameo it's just like how jj has that one guy from lost yeah sorry sorry heroes heroes not lost heroes he's in lost though which came out before heroes you're right that's why that's why i thought that yep it's it's funny how directors have friends like that that'll be in that because i know like we've always talked about doing stuff like with hazen or different things like that where we just have hazen be in every one of our movies is like a cameo but yeah he's like this uh the stanley i definitely i think um i mean obviously emily blunt is like kind of on a different plane not really as much anymore but definitely was on a bigger plane of like stardom than john krasinski definitely and i definitely think she's a better edge of tomorrow yeah, I definitely think she's a better, has better acting ability. Not that John Krasinski is a bad actor by any means. Wait, she's not, sorry, she's not in Looper. That's uh, Brie Larson, right? Looper? Yeah. She's in Looper. All right. I, I, I think she looks just like Brie Larson. I get them mixed up a lot. They don't really look that much. <laughs> they're like, both, they're, they're both, both blonde. They're both kind of blonde. I don't know. That's, that's about it. <laughs> sorry. Well, that's a, but you know that. We're going to get canceled that, on our first episode. You know what? Okay, so. Even that out, I also get Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio mixed up, which made watching The Departed very confusing for me. (laughs) (laughs) You know who actually, like, most people don't get those two actors confused, but most people get Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon confused, which I can see that, yeah. All three of them are in the movie. (laughs) No, I know Mark is the Transformers guy. I'm not going to get him mixed up. Well, um... I definitely, I was going to say, I definitely think that Emily Blunt is like a higher level and not as much anymore because I think he's just done so much, especially in the recent years. You know, the Tom Clancy, uh, Jack, Jack Ryan Ryan show. Not Jack Um, Reacher. Yeah, I was about to say Jack Reacher. Jack Ryan and um, being in this movie and directing it and all that and these two movies now, I think have really bumped him up a peg. Obviously, too, just being who he was in the office has made him a comedy icon as well but it's definitely cool to see him finally go after kind of what he's wanted which i think was like he's obviously always had a passion for comedy but yeah i think he's just lived that out now being in the office like like he can just just do what he wants because he was in the office 
I definitely think it's cool to see him and like there's very few people that left the office and are doing better now after it you know there's a lot of people like Rain Wilson I don't know if there's yeah um, besides the obvious one Steve Carell I don't know if there's really anyone who you really see on a consistent basis at all no I know uh, Jenna Fisher's like still kind of like in stuff here and there but most of them aren't but like most again, of them aren't like, doing not even really speaking to their skills because it might just be like when you when you were on the office I don't think you are really worrying about money so it might just be kind of hanging out like a whole bunch of them they're at Comic Con every year I've met a few of the cast members of the office yeah I feel like Steve Krill is probably in a state now where like he's just does what he wants when he wants because like he was already a pretty big star even yeah, before the office even, came around. He hasn't done that much since. No, but I mean think about it. He was Brick in Anchorman. He was the in the Forty yeah. Year Old Virgin. Like he was in all those Get movies smart before the yeah, office was over too, right? Yes, he was in a lot of movies while the office was going on. Yeah, and I think no matter what office or not, I'm pretty sure Steve Carell would have went on to still be a big name regardless. Um, I just think he's already been in too many like bigger movies for him not even Paul Rudd I'd say like Paul Rudd was always known but not really bigger until recent years yeah and I think it probably would have been similar for him like he probably would have always been kind of known but not gotten bigger until later I think The Office definitely was a leg up for him but um, it's a little bit frustrating that he left The Office he said to do movies that he didn't do that many movies and now he's on a show again on Space Force and that show sucks. Yeah. And he left the office, and then that made that show suck. Definitely. It's still um, frustrating, but besides the point. Should have just ended, though. Season yeah. 7 was definitely a high point, but it's definitely ended. nice to see John Krasinski being probably the top person after the office to still be doing stuff and still be Rain doing like, even better. Rain Wilson's a few things. He was in The Meg, um, that shark movie from two, three years ago now. Um he was in one of the newest Transformers movies. I think that was after The Office. He was an instructor at a at a college or something. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, he hasn't done all, that much. Either. That wasn't bef- that wasn't after because that was the second one. Really? Was that soon? I thought it was like four or five. Jeez. Because I remember that part now. So that would, that was 2009 then. Yeah. The he phone. was doing stuff a lot during The Office. I don't think he's doing a lot now he was in a few movies um i just i feel bad for him i don't think he ever took off i don't think he would have taken off without. he has like a website or like an organization now i forget what it does exactly but he's still like doing things he's just not i don't know if he's know if he's trying that hard as far as being an actor at the moment yeah i think financially they're probably all doing pretty well oh, especially sure. with netflix like i mean he probably already made a good i mean show was big enough for them to go on nine seasons on live cable i mean TV. there's more characters obviously but like friends they were all being paid a million bucks an episode at the end of that show's run so i'm sure that they're all fine yeah for sure um so yeah just cool um john krasinski still seems like a down-to-earth guy definitely but um seems really passionate about his work so i'm excited to see what else he'll do and i'm sure there'll be a quiet place three not to get into spoilers too much, yeah. but I'm sure there will be. So I'm just excited to see where the series yeah. will go and just continue to see his directing work and writing work because I know, obviously, I think he's a lot more passionate about that. I think he also does work for the Jack Ryan show, so I'm excited for one of them to get around to season three for that show. Mm-hmm. But I want to get into complaints of the movie, some of the things that we sure. didn't really like. Um, 
So if you want to lead that off again, go ahead. Uh, I'll do the one that we're both thinking in that we both think that it was very unnecessary for John Krasinski's character to have to sacrifice himself to save his kids. Mm -hmm. Um, He obviously screams when they're hiding in the truck and when the monsters is trying to get at them because he could have, you know, thrown something or, you know, like a firecracker or, I don't know, take off, I don't know, take off your pants and throw your pants. Literally anything. A lot he could have done that wasn't him screaming and then just standing still. It was a powerful moment once you actually think about it. Like maybe in the moment, like you have all that adrenaline, and you're just thinking, "I have to save my kids." So I, I it's not like a huge sin, mm-hmm. right? I can see that maybe being like your brain can't think of a plan B, so it's just like save them, save them, save them. Right. So yeah, that's my main complaint. I can probably think of a few more, but I think that'd be kind of nitpicky. But I'm sure you might have stuff to say. So what are some of your complaints? Yeah, I definitely think so. I want to kind of respond to what you said because I agree with it definitely. I think the biggest thing is they got so complex with the sound design. Not the sound design, but I guess like the ideas with what they would do with the sound. Like obviously like the firework display like we were talking about before. Like when I was in the theater, I was like, that's really cool. That's really smart, really cool. I really liked that because it's like you would think like, how are you going to cover this up? How are you going to make... Like what they basically say in the movie, like when he's at the waterfall is like, if there's a louder sound around you, how are they going to hear, you know, casual conversation? So my thought immediately was like, that's really smart. Like I even foreshadowed it earlier on in the movie. So they have this loud firework display. So then the part of like, why not just live at the waterfall? I remember at the time that was a thing that I thought. Yeah. So there's, there's some little things there with that, that I'm just kind of like, why and again, not to get into spoiler territories, but the second movie does kind of fix some of those things that I had complaints with. And there's certain things in it that it kind of does better, I would say. Yeah. Um, but I just think, like, I understand where he's coming from. He did not want to be in the second movie. He didn't want to do it again because from what I've seen, from what I've read, it was just absolute hell for him to be in the movie, directing the movie writing the movie and just doing all of that. It was a lot of work and I can understand that's, it's already a lot of work to be the director of a movie, let alone also be worrying about like your acting and all that yeah. stuff. And also being the one that like, he was probably holding himself accountable because who else is going to, you know, tell right. him that he's doing a bad job when you're everyone's boss. But he did good. I think like his, yeah, definitely. He, he was a good, uh, scared looking actor. I definitely think acting wise, that was probably his best, performance was probably that movie um again like i i've not seen him in anything where i was like wow it's really really great acting i always just think he's like yeah he's good until um yeah i'd even say after like you're having someone like leonardo dicaprio compared to him i'd say leonardo dicaprio is great whereas he's like good he's not bad by any means he's still very good and still very good compared to the average person obviously this was a different kind of acting though where like he wasn't really trying to sell what he was saying mm-hmm. he was trying to convey what he was thinking through his expressions through his actions i think that just goes even further though like what like i agree with that but i think it also goes to like his performance wasn't going to be the top one just like right. his character isn't the top one it doesn't really matter about his character because it, it's not his character's story 
because the whole subject is around the kids obviously that's yeah. that's the biggest piece even you know that's what it the is ones but that are left it it definitely still could have been done in a better way i think it should have been done just in a different way and i get like he wanted it to be this big like dramatic thing he wanted it to be this big like kind of like dramatic emotional piece i guess and so he did you know he did it in a good way as far as that but just in every other logical way it wasn't really that good because it's like great you save them now what are they going to do after this though because that thing is still here what is your wife who just had a baby going to do now that you're dead so like i guess he didn't know about the thing with the hearing aid or no what you call that it's not what that is exactly but and so i think it would have been better to have shown him maybe right as they're figuring out about the hearing aid thing like him going out and fighting all of them or doing something like that and he dies accidentally you know gets hit by one of them um i just think there would have been a lot of better ways of doing it and that's really my one nitpicky thing like you said you know they could have had like a firecracker even playing on the you know like fireworks trope like i'm sure there was a fireworks store somewhere around that they could have gone to gotten some stuff mm -hmm. had some firecrackers thrown one different little sound things they could have done right um even in the second one which we'll talk about later there's parts again where they have other little sound things to like trick them and do stuff so he's definitely definitely learned a lot i'm sure people probably complained about that and he probably read it you know comments online saw different things and so probably thought yeah that probably would have been a good idea like i'm not harping on him i'm sure if i was in his seat i probably would have had lots of little things i didn't think of and i'm still right. wanting to I, acknowledge the good things that were in the movie and yeah. like not harp too much on the things that i'm like well you could have done this this and this you know so i guess that's probably my biggest nitpicky thing is i don't like what you said i don't think he needed to die and i don't think they needed to be quiet in every single moment yeah that one, there, there could have uh, been more the basement right that they had kind of soundproofed yeah with the mattress or the and even if so like why would you not be wanting to soundproof more than or finding areas where you could all talk to each other like and somewhere in that world that. is an amazon warehouse full of those sound roof uh foam panels just go find that yeah and <laughs> make a house out of it i don't know yeah mm -hmm. that, that's something that's like, that's touched more upon in part two mm -hmm. about places that are more soundproof and stuff yeah so I definitely, I definitely do think overall the story is good. I, I definitely like how the, it doesn't focus too much on the alien part of it. It's more just family side now, of do it. Do the monsters even have like a name that they call them? No. I don't recall one. Not, not to my knowledge, no. Because even like on his board in his basement, he says like, like how many are there? Like they don't have the name. Because mm -hmm. it would happen so fast, like you're not talking, so you're not really gonna have time to call them something or hear someone else call them something. Well, realistically, too, like the interesting thing I know we've talked about even before the second one came out is like it's not been that long. It's only been like over a year since it's happened. So, like realistically, like the world is not too gone. I mean, yeah, they like have electricity years, still. Three months or something like that. They have, you know, all that stuff. They have the capabilities still of reclaiming the world. So that's why it's just so interesting to see like they found the weakness to the thing and we'll talk about it more in part two but like there's still very much 
potential for them to come back which in my knowledge has never happened really in like a zombie apocalypse alien type movie it's always just like the world's ruined that's just how it is live with it so i think it'd be really interesting to see this movie series kind of go an opposite way and really show how they can reclaim the world and truly like make it a better place yeah which again without without spoiling part two i feel like a part three could happen where that's kind of what it is like more retaking the world on a larger scale Mm -hmm. yeah um so yeah there's much i feel like more i have to say about part one i think we're going to continue this conversation part two i'm sure we'll yeah i definitely think like one more thing i think we could touch on definitely is just some of the behind the scene things i definitely think like we were touching on before with the sound like they are very um to the t like very um want to be legitimate with everything and so like i think it's really cool that you um, feel like yeah it all feels very tactile all the sounds Mm -hmm. and everything yeah the sound design is like unlike any other movie i've seen before it's very very good um I think it's cool even down to like the smallest little things like most movies wouldn't even worry about this at all but like um the daughter i can't remember her name because i don't reagan, think reagan, reagan. so reagan is deaf in the movie obviously and that's a whole big plot point is that like her hearing aid later on ends up being you know that frequency so um like deafening to the aliens that it ends up hurting them because their sense hearing is so sensitive obviously mm-hmm. but i just think it's cool that like in real life she's also actually deaf and actually uses sign languages to communicate and that they all actually learned sign language and were like actually signing in the movie and i know you were talking about before how they didn't even want to have captions on it and just only have signing be in the movie and not like only have like really like it wasn't like one word of dialogue or like something like that very small amount of dialogue yeah they um the original screenplay had one line of dialogue in the entire script and it was Mm -hmm. all communicated through signs um that were not going to be subtitled in the movie yeah so i just i think they did it in a very legitimate way and i just think it was really cool that you know john krasinski was so passionate about this project that he was working on that he wanted it to be as feel as real as possible and and be like realistic to what a family member would actually do so far as to showing a dad actually like truly like hey i'm gonna die here but my kids will live on and they'll they'll you know sort of i'll live on through them sort of deal Um, which we also see more of in in two two yeah definitely so um yeah it's a great movie i'm excited to see what john krasinski will do i you know we'll talk more about what i thought about season three yeah jack ryan season three will probably be next that and quiet place three i'd imagine unless he has something new in the books um either way i'll be there i'll pay to see it whatever needs to be done so yeah i'm excited that was my thoughts on quiet place yep from uh april 2018 yeah day one day one so all right uh yeah until next time sounds good thanks everyone for watching